back to Mindwave Humanity first 18. We are we are chugging along, man. And uh, I had tossed around the idea of renaming it Humanity Forward um, to be in line with Andrew's new mission. Uh, I I decided against that. I'm sticking with Humanity first. We're gonna keep it, keep it going, and we're just gonna do. Uh, exactly what we've been doing. Yeah, humanity first was first, so, I mean... Uh, Exactly. So, (laughs) joining me today, very stoked to have JB on, because I've I've talked to you many times, but it's always in, like, a large group on a large live stream, but, like, every... Our our little one-on-one moments, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, you need to come on the show immediately. So, (laughs) introduce yourself. Who are you? How did you find yourself in this, uh universe that we do (laughs) awesome um yeah thanks for having me on um and i guess uh we kept finding ourselves in a lot of similar creative spaces and i was um you know uh definitely drawn to your charisma and your uh thoughtfulness regarding uh this campaign that we just kind of have been you know engulfed in um but oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess the way that it got started for me was um, uh, way back when I think that uh, a lot of us were jumping into a bunch of different Yang groups and everybody was trying to figure out where where is the place to find more Yang information and to link up with everybody. Because I think the campaign was still at its infancy regarding like you know, it's, um, it's roll out of how to network everyone. And, and, um, what was the group? I forgot the name of the group, but there was a, like, it was, it was some small group. And then that group got taken over by, by some guy who switched to Pete Buttigieg. And then all of us kind of left that group and we're like, what, what, what group do we join? And then we found base camp and, and, uh, base camp was already at like, I don't know, maybe like 15,000 people or something like that. And then um, I was like, you know, kind of doing my thing in base camp. And somebody reached out to me who ended up working at the campaign and was like, you know, he wanted to kind of evolve things and uh, he wanted to get kind of a brain trust together. And that's when I first started running into people like Quintus and stuff like that. And, you know, things just kind of evolved from there. I moved down to California to, to try to help with this group that we had created. Like initially, uh, I actually came down um, to help humanity forward. I was really actually one of the founding people in that inception, but the way the paperwork got drawn up, it was Seth and Larry. Um, But uh, my contribution to that was I I was pushing for kind of changing the language to be more adapted to how we talk now. So that's why, like, Humanity Forward, when it came out, if you noticed, it was Humanity FWD, you know, because I was was actually playing with a whole bunch of different, like, weird names that were more just texty. And then I think that uh, Seth and Larry kind of, like, how do I put it, hybridized that with their, with, you know, the... you know, humanity forward. That was really clever. I thought, you know, but then by like the FWD, that was sort of my imprint on that. Um, but early on, um, Seth and I kind of, uh, parted ways. Um, and, and that, this is before things got really full steam. 
um, with Humanity Forward. So like this was at the phase where we were trying to get money and trying to get like <clears throat> different uh, investors in Yang that had like maxed out already to uh, to try to see the you know the the gravity of the situation because what what we ran into is like people uh were looking for resources in the from the yang campaign and it just wasn't there and so we felt like it was necessary to kind of build this out because we knew we had a campaign that wasn't really like experienced at uh political work uh, and we weren't necessarily looking at ourselves as super experienced, but uh, all of us were experienced in comparison to the rest of the Yang gang. Like Seth had been doing um, uh, Occupy Wall Street uh, and he helped build, organize that out. And he had done the LA Yang gang um, um, rally, like the big one. Uh, the first one of the first big ones, <clears throat> and then uh, 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 I know Larry was friends with with Andrew, but for me it was that I'd been doing political work, you know, at the ground level for years. Like I'd, uh, I've done everything, you know, knocked on doors, done a lot of canvassing. I was a, I was a paid canvasser by the DNC for for a minute there, um, and then uh, I. Uh, you know, I was a delegate for Bernie Sanders, a state delegate. So, so I didn't make it all the way to the national round. I, I lost to Robert Satyakum, who, interestingly enough, went to the convention and um, voted for a Native American person in protest of the uh, of the way that the the convention went down. So, um, after that, uh, it, it Seth and I kind of split paths. Um, I, I felt like, uh, Facebook didn't have, a, a center point to kind of get that Yang voice. Like there was a lot of chat groups and people were just kind of reposting from other different places, but I knew that like information native to Facebook was going to populate a lot better on the people's feeds. So the Yang gang report was conceived initially as this way to like, to start uh, uh, making data come natively from Facebook, you know, because it instead of us just like trying to share uh, links and stuff like that, and there was a lot of people who I could see them like, you know, pouring their hearts out on Facebook, and and I've seen it happen before, like in the Bernie camp when I was there, and you know, I was in the Obama 08, you know, and what what I realized is like if you if you can get people to have a purpose or a reason, everybody has the capacity to like make something really cool happen. So the Yang Gang report really started out from from that. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know the the. You can ask Mikey kind of just how we met, and that was an interesting evolution. Mikey really put a lot into the Yang Gang report when it got started. Like he brought he brought in Annette, and he. Uh, uh, did the first kind of wave of promotion for us, you know, and, um, Tom, uh, 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 Tom Elkins, uh, he was a really big impactful player, uh, for how the Yang Gang report kind of evolved. 
uh, because we we set into motion kind of a uh, news broadcasty sort of version of the Yang Gang report uh, for a while there. Like it went from sort of fluid chats where we would just kind of live stream and chat, which is what I think a lot of things have evolved back into. Uh, and then we uh, uh, took on more of a, a sectional type of style. Like we, we would figure out our segments and then people would fit into the segments. And um, I think that that's the right format and the right way to go. But we had to spend too much time trying to build our audience. And I think that uh, what I realized after a while was we weren't getting enough ROI on that. Like people weren't getting enough out of that informational experience. So I pulled back on that and kind of reformulated and Tom's kind of headed off and he's working with Boyce Littlefield over at Mindful Skeptics. So you can kind of see Tom's influence over there. Um, they're working on a, a whole new kind of uh, show. So I'm really excited about that and trying to help with that too. Um, but that, that nice, sort of man. led me here. <laughs> it was a long, a long explanation, but I, I, I guess that was the, kind of how I saw it. Yeah. We lots of mutual friends. Annette was episode two of humanity first. Mikey was just like one of the last four or five. It took forever to get his out. Um, because like, part of the whole thing was the voices series, the voicemails, which I saw a huge opportunity there. Um, like nobody else was doing anything like that, collecting voicemails of people's actual stories and like how much that would actually like mean to them to have yeah. the freedom to them. Yeah. So like Mikey's voicemail was heartbreaking. And my first conversation with him, the audio got totally fucked up and it did just file destroyed. I couldn't salvage the audio, so it took months and months to get him back on. But God, Boyce was, uh, I want to say like four or six or something, man. So yeah, it's, it was only a matter of time before we got you in here. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, man, uh, mute, overlapping uh, circles for sure. Um, got it. I was making so many notes. <laughs> I was making so many notes. I have so many different places to go. Um in terms of like how to how to really move forward here, yeah, because I do plan on playing a big role in the humanity forward thing. I'm definitely continuing this mission, however I can. I think I'm gonna just. I mean, you want to go someplace interesting. You want to go someplace interesting. Is you gotta imagine there's like there's got to be like some kind of crazy twisted knot that they're trying to pull apart right now with like humanity forward fund being like you know the the humanity forward the the one the super pack and then andrew yang having the nonprofit group humanity forward so then you like <laughs> it's, it's just kind of funny because it's like i know they're talking right i know they're talking like i know from people you know and like um how many people went online the day he announced, instead of giving money to Humanity Forward, <laughs> the uh, the nonprofit Andrew created, how many of them gave it to Humanity Forward Fund? Like, I would just love to know how many donations went there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a clusterfuck. That's why I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Humanity First uh, here because that really is the principle. It was about 
always treating people as people first when we're starting a political conversation. And this is going to go well outside. Um, this is going to go well outside the context of Andrew Yang completely. I would eventually like to get other people who maybe never, maybe liked Andrew, but never even supported him. Warren supporters or Bernie supporters, um, just other people who have kind of human centered values yeah. who, who are willing to open up the conversation like that and talk to somebody who they are completely different from um, just around these common ideas, yeah. you know, like, like basic guaranteed annual income, you know, you know, it's uh, kind of tickling me right all, now, all these ideas. It's kind of tickling <laughs> me right now though, that, that, that uh, way back when, when we conceived of this name, it was like, yeah, that's a good name. Yeah, it really was a good name. <laughs> oh, it yeah. was such a it, good it, name, it, Andrew took it. <laughs> that's pretty crazy right there. Uh, did you see my whole little, it pissed so many people off, my little uh, Andrew was wrong video? Oh, no. No, I didn't see it. Because uh, <laughs> this, was, this was a good month after he dropped out, but I, I had this like cinematic trailer thing that was like, boom, 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 Andrew was wrong. You guys, I'm sorry, Yang Gang, Andrew was wrong. And I was like, it's not left, it's not right, it's up. It's not enough to go forward, man. We got to go up. Hey, you know, as, as like a the, <laughs> metaphorical the solution thing. for humanity, so though, on a real tip is to realize that we need to try to achieve level one civilization and we need to get off oh, this yeah. planet and we need to start colonizing space. So that metaphor is actually true in my mind. Oh yeah, because it is it's not enough like because if you're if you're just thinking about left, right or forward or backward, you're only playing in two dimensions and it, the we have a third to go in and it's up. And it, like well after this, after I invoked this, ha ha ha, I I got you. It was a bit of a rick roll. Yeah, I was yeah, trolling yeah, me yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Andrew was wrong, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Except like, oh man, we need to go up. Uh but then in in one of my last episodes, I I uh <clears throat> I actually invoked Newton's canon um, in the space travel metaphor, which is really, it's both uh, the, how you get up is by pushing forward as fucking hard as you can. Mm -hmm. That's how rockets get into space. They go sideways. They don't go straight up. So um, yeah. Well, let me ask you something. Let me, let me ask you something. Do, do you think that there's enough natural resources on this planet for everybody? This is a complicated one. Um, yes, they're not, you know, distribution is a problem. Uh, overpopulation is a problem. I think the solution to overpopulation is actually just education and better well-being, better standards of living. People have smaller families. Um, I think an environmentalist talk about this a lot. Like, oh, no. You know, what are we going to do when we run out of gas? We're never going to run out of fucking gas, you guys. There's there's way more <laughs> oil and coal and natural gas and fossil fuels on this planet than we could ever fucking use. Not quite enough to turn it into Venus, but way more than we could ever use. Um, in, in terms of water, I mean, 70% of the fucking Earth is water. Uh, so we have resources. It's about it's about utilization. Mm -hmm. And I think that our our population growth will eventually plateau around 10 billion ish. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's it's we're not going to be able to expand beyond that. But like the resources of outer space are fucking insane. Yes. You can go park next to one asteroid that has more water than the entire Earth and just hang out there. You know what I mean? Yep. You, you have asteroids that are worth trillions and trillions of dollars in like rare Earth minerals and you know metals. Yep. So, <laughs> crazy shit. So let me let me take it back real quick because like I I. I hear the argument and, and I play a thought experiment. Okay. And I, and I know that my I thought experiment it. might be torn apart by somebody, but, but I, 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 I have I yet it. to t- tear, tear apart this thought experiment. So, so help me do it. Okay. Which is this. You found the guy to do it. I will do okay, it. So this is my thought <laughs> Challenge experiment. fucking accepted, bro. <laughs> if you had a time machine and you didn't mess up the space time continuum by doing it and all of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you could go back in time. Right. And you go, let's say like a hundred years back in time, like, or no, maybe like to the 1800s. Okay. And, and you mm-hmm. show up on the planet earth to all the w- leaders of the world. And you're all like, look, we're going to like really mess things up, right? Our pollution is going to get so bad. We're going to create greenhouse gases. You're going to destroy the future for your children and your grandchildren. And like, you're going to make it so that their health is just terrible. We've got to cut pollution, right? And let's say that that makes an impact and we cut pollution in half. Okay. By uh, what it would have been. All right. But, when you look at the population of the planet Earth, all right, we had about a billion people from 1000 AD until roughly about 1800, okay? And then it starts, like, taking, like, this, uh, uh, I'm sorry, like, we had about 1000, I think it was the first thousand years, um, AD or whatever. And then it starts to go up gradually. But then right at the Industrial Revolution, it doesn't do this gradual rise anymore, it's skyrockets right and then if even if you had cut pop uh, a pollution by half if the population of the planet grows like to the point where it's like it's still three and a half times the amount of pollution that you would have had if the uh, population hadn't grown and there is no other uh being on this planet or any kind of life on this planet that creates quote unquote pollution any other waste that they create is uh aggregated back into the environment um you know and absorbed back into the environment we're the only ones that create a lasting impact and so i would say that everywhere humanity goes they create pollution in fact, pollution is the creation of humanity. So, it, I hear the argument that the that, that populations are going to go down. But if we have the resources, and as long as we are streamlining the ease to exist, which we are continuously fighting for and trying to do, then the population is just going to keep growing. And this planet as much as you want to, we want to try to believe that people are going to like, uh, you know, be better and live sustainably. They're not, it's just too easy for them to put it on the backs of corporations who control the laws and skate the rules and how many people out of the population, what percentage of the people walking around adhere to the same kind of, 
uh, ideologies that we do that say like, Hey, I'm going to put this in the recycling thing, you know, or I'm actually going to separate my recycling and, you know, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to not use as much water. I don't keep the water running when I brush my teeth, those kinds of little things. How many people are really doing all those things? So they add up. Now we want to try to widespread it, make it, make that. Uh Oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I'll put in elevator music. You cut out, bro. <laughs> you cut out, bro. We're 20 minutes in. Uh, I will cut it and we will refresh. We will be right back with more Humanity First 18 with JB. get back into it it always fucking happens on this platform man it, and that's i feel bad shitting on this platform because it, when it when it works good it works really 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 good but when it fucks up it fucks up really 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 bad I well love the you clarity of the sound is really nice i mean it sounds like i'm talking on a regular phone oh yeah like when i have that this trips me out when i have another podcaster on and they have a full studio microphone with headphones and everything it sounds like they're sitting right next to me it doesn't sound like like they're on a phone it sounds like they're in the studio with me which is very trippy yeah i was actually so. thinking on the well i guess we should i should finalize my thought so basically Please. Uh, as idealistic as it is to believe that humanity is going to change its like ways, I don't see the pattern of change uh, growing at a, a fast enough rate to make up for the sheer just don't give a fuck that I see out there um, in the world. And I think that uh, it's wishful thinking to think that everybody is going to be that way. Um, cause they tried from the sixties until like the nineties and you know, it just didn't work out that way. So like, we just got to count on us turning into like, uh, blade runner. <laughs> and, and if it's going to be blade runner world, then you got to count on it just growing. And if that's the case, the only, uh, solutions that we have are three different solutions. One, um, let nature take its course, which is bad because we're that's happening now um but we take option one because option two is mass genocide you know um mass genocide is very very bad uh option three though is to create a re release valve for humanity and really it's the job of humanity to live longer than this planet and to spread life to all of that dead space that we're surrounded by, you know, and we can turn space into a garden instead of, you know, dead and empty. And we don't have to just pillage it for all of its resources. We can, you know, make life grow out there. Um, cause that's what our job is, is the stewards of life and to, uh, bring us to level one civilization. That is our purpose. If we're just going to go by sort of logic. No, I mean, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I'm very much like Ad Astra, like per Astra, Ad Astra, like we are going to the fucking stars or we're going to go extinct. Those are, those are the only options. Yeah. Uh, we only have a billion years left, give or take for the planet to be habitable. 
So whatever we are by then, we won't be human anymore. Correct. But what, whatever we are, we are, are going to have to be at the place where we have already colonized our own solar system and we're ready to leave it. Yeah. If, and and if I we, think it's the, you know, the loss of resources here that's going to drive and the overpopulation that's going to drive us into space. Like it's, it's just need that, that tends to get us to do these kind of crazy endeavors. Oh yeah. There has, there has to be a, a huge, a huge, either a military advantage or a financial motive for space travel, which fucking well, sucks. I, I don't know. I think scientific motive is the best. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, you'd think, You'd think, but look how long it's taken us to act on climate change. We're not doing anything, basically. Yeah, but like when you see uh, something like coronavirus hit, people start acting real scary. But it's kind of shocking how not scary acting some people are. Like some people like take it to one extreme where they're just like so brazen, like I'm going to rub my nose and shake your hand and then, you know, rub my butt and then like, you know, slap her butt. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you know, like, dude <laughs> you know <laughs> i just saw some shit on twitter like half an hour ago of the corona challenge where the chick was licking a, a toilet seat in a public bathroom i'm like ew you nasty bitch <laughs> that come on now that's uh eat the tide pods motherfucker the gene pool will thank you do, do you remember uh two girls one cup do you remember that oh video going God. around? Oh, that is totally after show territory. Sir. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, the whole point of it though is, <laughs> no, is like yeah. the best part about it isn't the video; it's the reaction videos. It's oh, it's yeah. the uh, you know like grandma, well, like some guy getting his grandma <laughs> to watch it. Like, <laughs> and, and I, I just kind of oh, had that moment. It was like a like you could just tell somebody about it, and then they just kind of make that face, you know, like this. So, so the girl looking in the toilet, it's just like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fucking gross. I was like, okay, okay bitch, nasty. Um, so I I did have flags that I need to get off my off my page because in your in your thought experiment, which I love, your time travel thought experiment. I was like, I was like, yes, I'm on board. I don't think I could succeed. I think that they would burn me at the fucking stake. I don't think that I could convince anybody. I don't. I really think, unless we were like putting Mister Rogers or Carl Sagan in. Oh no, no, no! I really, I I wouldn't go back that way. I, I would go back acting like an angel from God or something like that. Like, oh, like frame it in some like use holograms and yeah i would have to, to do it that way it would take too much to like get them to understand like all the technology and all of the future travel bullshit like that shit would be just too much for them to like con- uh, comprehend it would be just easier and quicker to the point right like uh, i'm an angel god sent yeah me. <laughs> yeah yeah because like come on i mean think about like them trying to wrestle with like time travel and like a future like that and like there would be so much resistance <laughs> but if you just like came back with technology and, and was like you know i am the voice of the supreme dong you know like <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I can see that, but I can also see how, like, if you follow biblical logic, because you had invoked something earlier about the completion of the creation, like it's our job, um, 
And I was going to tie it back to Carl Sagan because of the beautiful part of the Bible that was totally left out of the story. But I was, I was shifting. I was shifting. God damn it. I was shifting. What the fuck was I just saying? Like right before I shifted on that, um, the, uh, God, see so many pivot points, so many pivot points. Fuck. I had it. Uh, Carl Sagan. Oh, about, um, you know, people, people like imagine, imagine Jesus did come back. Okay. Yeah. He showed up. He's a Middle Eastern Jew who's five feet tall. He's preaching love and acceptance and caring for the poor. He could have shown up 20 years ago and we would have just been like, get the fuck out of here. Even all modern Christians would have been like, get the fuck out of here, you crazy, you know, like that. It is part of that, like in, in the toilet paper thing is the perfect example of this because people are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Toilet paper, people are you mean so our new money? fucking stupid. <laughs> oh my god. They'll trade you two toilet paper rolls for that car. It's it's <laughs> everywhere. The toilet paper memes are so ridiculous right now, but it's everywhere. I live in rural Arizona and we just have one little grocery store just down the road. Uh, otherwise we have to drive like 45 minutes out of town to go to like a Walmart like the fancy folks do. I just imagine uh, like a jail like, cell where like this dude's got like cigarette packs and he's all like you know alright it's gonna cost you two cigarette packs to get this tattoo <laughs> like I imagine people doing that with their fucking toilet paper like <laughs> I don't know why everybody went to toilet paper first because I just went to Safeway the other day I just went to my grocery store the whole store was chock wall to wall with food and non-perishables and canned goods and fresh vegetables yeah. and meat and frozen stuff, everything. Yeah. But you go, you walk by the like, to- not a single roll of fucking toilet paper, not one, not one in the whole store. And they were like, well, God, this is dumb. I guess we should order more. So they got an emergency order mm-hmm. the other day. It was gone the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's competitive. Like, if you go on YouTube, <clears throat> there's a, a look up competitive uh, toilet paper uh, Costco, right? Or something like that. And, like, Jeez, <laughs> like so it shows this line of people <laughs> at the beginning of the day when, they, when they're, like, opening up. And then the doors open. And then everybody fucking races to the back of the store, like with their carts, like a fucking race, like, <laughs> like, like, like everybody. I thought about lady was running. <laughs> oh my god, this is so insane! Because like anybody who knows the first thing about coronavirus, a lot of these people literally think it's coming from the beer, because these people are the same people who think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Like the 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 self quarantine period for coronavirus, uh, COVID nineteen is like two weeks. It's like two weeks, guys. You don't need. And and let me let me be human for a minute and maybe a little gross. Even if you run out of toilet paper, you have a fucking shower, right? Like, what are you like? Oh my god, I need to. I need this weird paper to wipe my butthole. Um, hey. Like in a lot of places in the world, they just use water, and actually, it's like a you get a lot cleaner. I'm just saying, like, yes, it's like icky. Go take a fucking sh- if you don't have toilet paper in the in the zombie apocalypse scenario that you're painting in your fucking head. The lack of toilet paper is going to be the least of your fucking concerns. <laughs> 
go take a fucking shower. Like, yeah. Oh, this is such a tangent. Jesus Christ. Well, like, I fucking love that. That's my welcome to mind. <laughs> like, really? Um, I mean, damn, like this goes so deep. Like, I feel like it, like I could start talking about gut health and the microbiomes and like how people like eat like total crap and eat a bunch of carbs and their microbiome is just like messed up. And then that throws off their, their like digestive tract. And then they're like, shitting three or four times a day and then so the practicality of like showering to someone like that is probably really off and then like you start thinking about like somebody being very very overweight uh and very very out of their health these kinds of things could very well stack up and the usage of sanitary goods like toilet paper are probably top priority in their minds especially when there's such supersized people like you see it like Costco. <laughs> America, fuck yeah! to get in fucking shower. I mean, it's like supersized <laughs> stuff and supersized people. Sometimes I'm just like, holy crap! Uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So we've been we've been driving on uh, a few different themes, and uh, one of the ones that by by now the listener is like, oh my god, why isn't this guy a fixture? And it's because uh, he will be, um, because we came up with this idea. You came up with the idea for the bar, which I'm like, I am. You are the bartender. I am making you the bar. Like I'm building the bar on my website, and you will be the bartender. We're making it happen. Let's talk about the bar because <laughs> this is fucking beautiful. Well, like everybody's trying to do. Okay, I don't know about everybody, but like. I get skewed because I, I surround myself with very creative and smart people. But um, I think uh, a lot of people are gravitating towards the idea that ooh, as much of a shut-in as we've all already been, we're about to be way big shut-ins. And people need a way to uh, to meet up. And I know some people are focused on like performers going out well, I'm more concerned about a place to hang out. Like, so rather than being worried about the this performer doing a show, how about creating the place that everybody wants to meet up at? You know, like I, I've seen different incarnations of this over the years. Like, it used to be um, like a AOL chat. I remember like an AOL chat, you would pick a, a certain kind of a room and those would be your kind of friends. And you might be like a raver. So you'd be in like a ravey room with a bunch of ravers. And then like you guys might share a bunch of music and stuff like that and try to hit on the girls or something, you know, and talk about stuff, you know. <clears throat> and um, the uh, that kind of evolved over time. And I think that the platforms themselves, like uh, like facebook and myspace sort of changed that whole dynamic you know like instead of being on the same chat suddenly we were like trying to make friends and link up networks and then we sort of found little islands where we could kind of like meet up um but uh, that need for a village i think is out there <coughs> when you go to the deepest level of it but really 
people get that out of going to a bar. They get that out of going to their public spaces, you know, um, going to the gym sometimes or going to a class, you know. Um, and I know a lot of those spaces are taken up, but just that free kind of I'm off. I just want to hang out with some people and chat or I want to hang out and listen to some music and kind of, you know, you know, hang out merrily with other people and share their energy. I think that that, that that's what I'm going for. And I think the Mindwave universe is a good place to host it. And I think that uh, we've got this crew over at the Yang Gang Report that's sort of like itching to do something new. And at the same time, I want to bring in a lot of uh, musical um, friends that uh, I think could really benefit from our experience in this sphere. Um, and make something a little funner than just a kind of conversation like i i want i want us to talk like this i think we should keep talking and i think we should keep having interviews uh, but i think uh a different setting for, for multiple personalities is what i'm going for in that in that uh on that yeah and you invoke this idea of like doing live shows like having musicians coming coming in and doing them like on live streams like having that be yeah. a thing um, and immediately the studio nerd in me is like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to have our, our live option, but then afterwards we're going to take everything down and we're going to fully produce it into something where it's like, it's an actual concert or a studio, you know, a studio release, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing with a, with like, in full well, and also imagine so a like, main I, room I love this along with some side rooms produced by other groups so like as in when the show is going on you get access to a room ran and produced by one group who brought in the act right uh but then there's a side room where hey maybe part of the show we went into a certain topic but we're uh or a certain guest came on and they're no longer going to be on the main um on the main uh stream but we're going to have them over here on this other stream and you guys can join them over there, you know? So getting access into this uh, platform, I think could be like the way a party has multiple rooms. Like you might have a room where it's literally just talking and there's no music, you know what I mean? And, and people, you know, we can give out certain stuff, maybe like, I don't know, like make little opportunities to buy things that you can only buy during the, the during the show. Oh yeah. Flash sale shit. I'm all yeah. over that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you go into that room where everybody's chilling and lounging and then we have a promoter go in there and be like, Hey, what's up? I've got a bunch of t-shirts. Uh, so did anybody watch the show earlier? Yeah. So what was the first song that they played? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Well, you just want a hat, you know, and what's, you know, uh, DM me and I'll send me your address and we'll get it out to you. Like, okay, awesome. Yeah. You know, something uh, like that. So much overlap. <laughs> so much overlap. Cause I've wanted to do goody shit like that since I started the show and actually something you were invoking about that, like all us all needing a village thing. We all need, uh, something like somewhere yeah. to go. I invoked that literally in episode two of the show and I called it reclaiming the circle. Cause I was like, we need a circle of friends. We need a campfire to sit around. I took it kind of ancestral. I, I love invoking 
Ubuntu philosophy into this whole thing where it's just like, yeah, come, come sit at my campfire, share my food. Cause it is like a deep human thing that we lost. So I love framing it, you know, in a modern context that people can wrap their heads around like a bar because it's totally what it is. And we, we need those spaces. We absolutely do because the spaces that are being created are, are too big to navigate, you know, like Facebook and, and Twitter and YouTube and all these other things are good examples. And Andrew Yang's base camp was yeah. a good example. Cause like when it, when it first started, everything, everything I posted in there was getting approved. And then it got down to the point where they were getting like, okay, 300 people are submitting yeah. posts a day. And then my shit started getting rejected. And I was like, okay, well clearly it's time for a new room. It's time <laughs> yep. for another, another place for people to go. So we need places for people to go. And that's like fundamentally why I'm, why I've been here on this specific uh, key point. But uh, lo- on on the larger, just ultimately, we all need a campfire to sit around thing. That's why MindWave yeah. is here. MindWave, the name itself, is is about translating this into a kind of sonar metaphor where we have our, our waves going out. And every once in a while, we get a ping. You know, somebody bounces back at us and it's like, oh, man, there's somebody over there who's really fucking cool. Let's sail over there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, go fish that motherfucker out of the water and get him on this big ass party boat because it's amazing. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like finding those people and bringing them all together. That's the, the entire mission statement of Mindwave in an Easter egg shell. I mean, that it really is. That's why that's why I'm fucking here. Uh, I, I had another <laughs> I had another flag flag. Uh, I need to come up with a noise for flags, but you, you, in, in talking about, and it, dude, we don't have to go back down this rabbit hole, but it was just interesting because you were talking about um, humans being the only species that like can pollute and, and radically transform, you know, the, the ecosystem of earth and the science nerd in me had to be like, well, phytoplankton and trees and plants and stuff. I mean, oxygen is a, is a waste product. It is, Oxygen is pollution. It is actually super toxic. Um, it was only because the earth was populated with oxygen, the, the atmosphere, um, to allow the lower life forms that preceded us to adapt to it and, and whatever. So even if we do, I think even if we do fuck up our atmosphere irrevocably, just like totally, something will be alive. Something new will like come in and just like, oh, this, this CO2 is great. Uh, our current plants aren't good at that. Whoa. They're like, whoa, this is too much. But there could be some new species of something that evolves. It's just like, oh, man, we're the dominant life form on if, this if planet there was now. Ever just suck it. <laughs> a bipedal alien, quote unquote, or UFO being that we ever found. And they had two eyes, a nose, ears, mouth. But they just had an unusually large head and they had... Uh, extended appendages and things of that nature. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like people who were in space for a long time. And I think that if there were such beings, their non-interaction with us would have more to do with not messing with us and messing up time than, um, than it being some being interstellar being from another planet. I think entertaining that thought is just as, 
just as large of a crevasse to cross, you know? Um, like, uh, I think that, uh, it's, it, 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 it's weird to think about how we evolve because, okay, for example, genetic engineering, we're, we're, uh, we've sort of like laid out that we're not down to, to experiment on humans in a certain way. Like we don't hybrid humans with like the DNA of other beings and, put them into existence, like, uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau or something like that. Um, but China is not held back by the same kind of scruples, you know? So whether we do it or not, um, it's still going to be done. And then at some point, um, as, as humans are engineered into being superhumans, like when you have a person that can live 150 years or 200 years or 300, 400 years <clears throat> and their DNA just holds them together better where they're just like in their twenties for like a hundred years of their life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, then you're dealing with a different kind of person. Um, and what kind of like backlashes are going to be from that? I mean, are people going to treat them like, like in the X-Men, like the mutants, you know, <laughs> are they going to look to them as deities, demigods, you know, are, uh, how's that going to play out? Now, the other, other thing to think about too, is we're already, we're all right. America has readily accepted that we are down to hybrid people with cybernetics because if we weren't down to hybrid people with cybernetics, we wouldn't have robotic arms and stuff like that being created. Like the people doing piercing and body modification, it starts at kind of a grotesque place in people's minds, but ultimately people will be like upgrading themselves as their body parts fall apart, you know, and how far are we willing to go that way? And then when you take that and mix that with a genetically modified person from inception, what do you get? You know, what kind of person do you get? And I think that as we get closer and closer to, uh, what's that called? Uh, um, singularity. Oh, singularity. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> as we get closer We're to singularity. Mind wave, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, we got to ask ourselves, are we, are we passing the torch on to inorganic life or a clone of us represented by inorganic functions <clears throat> or are we going to hybrid ourselves with it? And I think that, uh, hybriding ourselves is the most logical path. If we want to survive, I mean, we're talk we are yeah. talking about creating a new species, uh, and we are the only, as far as we know, we are the only able, the animal who's able to do that. It create a new species from whole cloth, um, you know, which is what we would do. And Yuval Harari covers this in his book Homo Deus, the God Man, the next species of whatever we are, the next thing that's no longer human. <clears throat> is going to be empowered by 
the superpowers of genetic engineering and artificial intelligence and cybernetics, robotics, uh, artificial organs, artiforgs, if you will, um, yeah. additive manufacturing. Three, we'll be able to 3D print bitches like Lilu in the fifth element, like within a hundred yeah. years, that's not, a, that's not a huge stretch. So there are going to be so many fucking amazing things to unpack in that. I'm actually making a whole series about that, where we're going to get into, you know, the implications of artificial intelligence, um, emergence of, um, consciousness in, in robotics, you know, rejuvenating the DNA, like everything. (laughs) Yeah. Just like rebuilding, like give me the nanites, find me the nanites that will like, but crawl into my bloodstream by the millions and rebuild me from the inside. I mean, like, like digging into that shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like I, I I perceive, yeah, (laughs) I I perceive like kind of a precursor to, to that next evolved being like like imagine a group of people who are wealthy enough and smart enough i guess to extract their brain from their body um and contain as much of of their you know uh brain and spine to experience the world in virtual reality um, and have full sensations. And I think that this sort of like avatar group of people will like try to last out as long as they can. And they'll either be kind of a, a foil or they'll be a kind of a, I don't know, like angels ushering in the, in the new, new generation of Messiah, uh, you know, that helps to bring about this hybridized person that is more evolved than all the rest of us homo sapiens. Uh, I mean, I even feel like some of us are more evolved than others, but that starts to invoke like eugenics language. But the, I mean, the people buying up the toilet paper and yeah, the but I'm milk talking from about like a thing. very I mean, specific <laughs> change in, in species, yeah, yeah, like, like because at the point that something's like living 200 years instead of instead of our average lifespan of 70 80 or whatever it is uh, you know that's a whole nother being you know like something that can stay young longer than 20 30 40 years 50 years you know that 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 that's a whole nother species right And, and 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 also if we're making them so that they're born to be hybridized with uh with electronics you know in a in a way that we're not like if they're kind of like just from birth sort of introduced to it and and um maybe built with some kind or born with some kind of easy upload you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like some kind of easily way to interface every with, eight with computers. Year old, every eight-year-old today has an iPad. It's crazy. It's it's mind-boggling. So, like, no, totally. This is going to be... Well, I imagine we, we, we probably figure out the part of the brain that, that, you know, you could tap into. And all you'd have to do is sort of, like, 
augment that, you know, or something. I'm, this is totally territory. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but like, uh, I'm sure someone with. knows the science there that, that eventually they'll figure out where it's at in the brain and be able to isolate that. And you, the kid will be born with like a, that part of the brain bigger or something or more easily accessed or some bullshit. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to shift into designer babies, but I've been chugging monsters all morning. So I need to take a quick potty break. We'll just go ahead and keep it rolling. I'll put in elevator music or something. Can you give me like 15 seconds? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll be right back. I mean, th- this is the beauty of Mindwave, and this is why this is such a crazy, crazy project. Because, like, we started a thing that's like, hey, yeah, let's, uh, let's get you on my Andrew Yang series. And all of a sudden, we're talking about designer babies, which un- it, it, that opens the hugest can of worms. Because, like, it is it is happening already. It is going to happen, and we need to talk about it yesterday like cosmically yesterday we need to start talking about this like a hundred years ago because it's gonna start with well last year china announced they made their first genetically modified child oh yeah it's and it's gonna start with genetic improvement okay which is curing spina bifida it's you know preventing some horrible ailment in an only viable embryo but you know Eventually, you are going to get down to the point where like, yes, I want my offspring to be male and have blonde hair and blue eyes and be really good at playing the piano because we will have genetic markers for all of those things. So it's going to be fucking fascinating and terrifying to unpack some of these scenarios that are absolutely going to come. It's hard for a lot of people to think about this stuff, I think, because of all the other shit that's on the table. Um you know, like, <laughs> well, it's sort of weirdly intertwined because the same scientists that sit around and, you know, work on genetically modifying, like, you know, uh, uh, the genome, uh, or that's sort of redundant, uh, modifying the genome, uh, are the same kind of scientists that are looking at cells and viruses and, you know, you know how all of that stuff works. Uh, like, China and the United States are are um, intimately intertwined when it comes to uh, knowledge regarding technology and medicine. You know, we, we just, we're in a, in a dance and who's going to be the lead. Yeah. This, this invoked, um, you know, this, this invokes the wars of the 21st century, which are not going to be fought with ships and tanks. They're going to be fought in code, they're going to be fought with cyber, and they're going to be fought with biological weapons, which is another thing. Like, so are you hearing that China's blaming us for coronavirus, oh, and that man. the rumor going around the world is that is that it's a a, a, chem, a, a biological attack? Jesus, I I had to address this earlier so, because uh, the reports I was watching. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I I just had to challenge somebody earlier because they're like. Do you think that, like, do you believe that scientists can, like, make viruses in labs? I'm like, 
That's not a belief question. They can absolutely do that. The question is whether or not what we're seeing right now, whether we have any good reason to think that's what's going on. Um, and he's like, yeah, but they're starting to play a blame game. Like there's just the same way that there's wackos and disinformation people here. There's wackos and disinformation people there. So like, the problem that we're going to get into is that our wackos are going to yell at their wackos and then our wackos are going to convince enough of us that their wacko that their wackos hate us and then it's going to go it's it's spiraling right now okay so like the the scientists over there okay let me let me throw one out there that that helps to illustrate this Iran has over 10,000 cases of coronavirus. They're blaming the United States uh, embargoes and sanctions on them for part of that. But they're also saying, well, how is it so much in Iran when the distance between Iran and Wuhan and China is so vast and then all the countries that surround it don't have very much which is dumb it's just that they're more densely populated you know probably have international airports um, cough i mean just come on yeah yeah and they have strong relations with china but that that's part of the rumor that they're kind of like milling around right now um and they're circulating through a bunch of different sources is that it's not it, it, it is that it, it a it's a weapon possibly and that b it was probably america which is dumb my response to this was occam's razor okay if uh l- let's say because if it is a bioweapon i'll entertain the idea let's let's run with that thought experiment let's say okay it's a bioweapon probably made by russia this is totally up their alley <laughs> in that whole sowing discord and getting countries to tear each other apart from the inside. This is totally their MO and they've been left mysteriously off of, uh, any kind of reporting data or, or anything for how bad the virus is. So we don't know how bad it is in Russia, but well, like what if they stole it from the United States, released it in China and then like, you know, or stole it from China and released it well, there. You I, know what I, I mean? I think, I think if it was made, if we had made it, it would be way more effective. I think it would be way worse. I think the thing that it, the thing we would be looking for, like bubonic plague level, the, the like Corona's bad. It is, it's certainly bad, but it's not, we're not talking apocalypse here. I think if, if we were, gonna sit down and honestly have the conversation about like is this a bioweapon should i be worried you know to go back to south park again like with the man bear pig thing i am seriously considering thinking about whether or not this may or may not be the time to start to think about worrying you know coronavirus is bad but it's not the apocalypse so uh, it's uh it's a whole thing i'm trying to get somebody on the show i'm trying to get somebody in the field <laughs> to come on the show to talk about this spe- this specific thing because it is it is bad but it is not the the apocalypse guys a number one it's not There's the apocalypse and it's in in jet oh god see it uh, this one gets me fired up it has a lot of people just like 
quitting social media entirely. Just like, I'm going to wait for this to go away because everything online right now is coronavirus. Everything <laughs> and its dog is about the coronavirus online. And it's just all scaremongering and all like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It's like, well, okay. If you want to invoke the, like, this was genetically engineered, it would be way more fucking effective if it was because it would come from a laboratory. It would be like scary effective at like immediately killing half the population of whatever area it touched like that. This isn't a weapon. It's just something that we deal with all the time. We dealt with it with bird flu and swine flu and fucking dolphin flu. I don't even remember every election year. There's some new crazy virus that's floating around. It's like, Oh, watch out for those dolphin people. They have dolphin flu. It's fucking stupid. And there have been, there's obviously a huge rise in racially motivated hate crimes of like Asians being beat up and shit like, oh, you're trying to bring the virus in here. And I'm like, this is the shit that humans do that makes me go, I don't want to live on this fucking planet anymore. These goddamn monkeys, these backwards goddamn cave dwelling monkeys cannot stop flinging shit and they're going to send us into, they're going to turn the earth into a goddamn cinder. They're going to send us back into the dark ages and bring on the apocalypse and they fucking want it. And it drives me crazy. I'm going to let you respond. Uh, well, I, I don't know like, if they actually want that uh, as opposed to <laughs> we've built a world where, um, Oh, what's that called? Uh, um, um, uh, uh, what's that called? Game theory. Where game theory is in full effect. Ooh, right? Yeah. And game theory relies on everybody being selfish pieces of shit. Right? Like, or at least just looking out for their own interests. Right? Um, and the, uh, the problem with the, the world we've created is that in a world where everybody is better off if they're looking out for their own interests um, and just going after their own interests, is that, A, there's a lot of people that can't function like that. Like, we have just a lot, a lot of people to make up for in our society. Um, because it's really asking everybody in the world we've created to be a functional business, you know? You have to be a solvent business, basically. Uh, I'm the corporation of david you know um it's asking a coal miner to code in a lot of cases yeah yeah you know to, to draw that parallel it really yeah. kind of is and that's not it's not a fucked up thing i just my last episode that went up um i, I had mario estrada on and and in this goes to the accent pronouncing people's names quote-unquote wrong not everybody can go mario single 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 you know like like not everybody can do that it's it's a matter of personal like we just like let's do the best that we can like bring everybody kind of like at least get the conversation going and get us in the same room so that we're having the same conversation because so much of this shit is just dividing into like talk amongst yourselves and like the talk amongst yourselves thing is cute but it, it when it's about existential shit, uh, it's extremely dangerous. It's, it's, like another another thing though that like adds to the mixture of this whole dynamic because that's just like the setup is that the people who make it to the top 
are psychopaths. And, and, I, and I don't mean that in like a, like a killer kind of way. I mean that in the very like, you know, people who are good at playing other people's emotions and utilizing like fakeness, you know, to, to, to manipulate other people. And that's like probably the best skill you could have in this capitalistic society that we've created, you know, and it's not that I don't like capitalism. I I think capitalism is cool. It's been a big catapult for a lot of people in the communities I come from and a lot of immigrants, you know, uh, feel the same way because uh, it's how they've been able to live, you know, a decent standard of living in a country that doesn't exactly make it easy to start out per se, you know? Um, but with that as the case, we have to ask ourselves what, a, what if psychopaths are leading the world, what would a psycho do? <laughs> it's terrible, but that's literally what we got. Yeah. Oh, so we have to ask ourselves with, where our country is headed, where the world is headed, where the leaders of other worlds are, uh, other countries are headed. What would a psycho do in a situation with a bunch of other psychos mixed up with some uber altruistic people? Because that's what it is. There's like the super psychopaths who are pretending to be really good people. And then there's really, really actually good people like the best of the best and they're all mixed together. You're you're nailing something hard here. You're nailing something hard here because it's the same phenomenon expressing itself in two different ways. And I know this because I am what many people would call an empath Um, and being able to understand other people at, at that level allows you, it gives you the freedom or the superpower or the weapon, the super weapon, if you like to frame it that way, of being able to know exactly which buttons to push, exactly how to manipulate people. So I have this skill, uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I don't use it for that, but I absolutely fucking 100% have that. And I totally understand why the kind of snake oil salesmen of the earth, such as they be, exploit that for personal gain um, because it is it is a skill. It is like something that you can do that other people can't and you can use it to exploit for gain or it's this, it's the same thing that you can use to foster collaboration yeah. and bring people together because you understand on some kind of further deeper level, how people actually work. Um, when you get that deeper level understanding, you can move people around like it's a chessboard, and that, that amount of, um, that amount of power, I think should be sobering. It, it was extremely sobering for me seeing the, the, the power and the extent of my reach in the Yang gang, for example, to kind of like tie it back into the main theme, which is just around this humanity first. Let's see each other as people thing. Let's see each other as individuals. 
it really came in like into full focus with this project for me, which is like, I have a huge, like my voice is way louder on this than I thought it ever would be. It's way more powerful than I thought it ever would be. And I think this goes to ego. It goes to power hungriness. It goes to, you know, when some people get a taste of that, they're like, Oh my God, I can rule the world. And this is something that goes, this is deeply evolutionary in human history. This is something that we can point to a million examples of absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. You know, this is, this is how, this is how people work, but it really is. It's these kinds of conversations and it takes people that have the same powers and like deliberately choose not to use them. Like I am fully saying out loud, like I, the same thing that they have going on in their brains that they're able to manipulate people like that. Like I absolutely have that. Well, like, you know, uh, something I, I this wonder may, about, this makes me a really good friend, but <laughs> a dangerous enemy. <laughs> Let's say that an, an archetype that I always go back to like that, that just like racks my brain. And I think it's just cause I grew up in the United States and I'm into history. And when you go into history in the United States, you can't help, but just see the parallels with Roman history. Right. And at its paramount, like, you know, Julius Caesar comes to mind and Julius Caesar dissolved the Republic and he, you know, made it into an empire. But all along, he said that he was going to reorganize the Republic and make it more fair. And then he was going to uh, give turn it back into a republic and that his uh, imperial rule was temporary. Well, he never really got a chance to put into place what he said. I mean, at the end, you know what I mean? And it's hard to say whether that's really what he was intending to do. But I, I kind of wonder at that, like, if he had had the chance, would he, he had, would he have done it? would he have given the Republic back to Rome rather than leave it in the state of, you know, discord that he left it in because of his death? Um, Because all that went on between him, between, you know, Anthony and, and uh, Augustus. And uh, um, I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Uh, Brutus. Was it Brutus? Brute. Well, they hunted, they hunted down Brutus together. That comes from yeah. Shakespeare, not from ancient uh, Rome. Yeah, I know they hunted down Brutus and um, Cicero. I, I'm not right? as woke on uh, Roman history. Yeah, and then, uh, but anyways, the, afterwards, I've, uh, I've, the, I've the, come the to learn it's pronounced Kikaro, which is weird. What was that? I said I've 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 come to learn it's actually pronounced Kikaro. The 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 C's in ancient Latin were pronounced as K's. Oh, I didn't know that, but it's uh, yeah. His name was actually Kikaro. Yeah, uh, which is which is fucking interesting. I love I love ancient Rome and I love ancient Greece. I'm actually um, according to my genealogical history, don't bust out the uh, saliva swab. Uh, I'm not being Elizabeth Warren here, but uh, my last name Zeno actually comes from a Roman emperor who, who after, after the, after it, it had fractured and there was the Western Roman empire, the Eastern Roman empire, and they installed new emperors. Zeno was one of the Eastern emperors 
which we now call the Byzantine Empire, and I'm, I'm apparently a direct bloodline descendant of whoever the fuck that motherfucker was. Oh, cool. Which is crazy cool. Wait, from the Eastern yeah, Empire? Man, it's, it's, oh, this is totally that. The Eastern or Western? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eastern? I don't know. Uh, Eastern. Eastern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Byzantine. The Byzantines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want... Yeah, I want to say it was like Constantinopolian-ish yeah. area. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. That's as much as we can get away with without a copyright flag. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. This is why immediately, because you're always ready to go down so many amazing rabbit holes that like don't have anything to do with the main thing. And then I'm like... You're like, I need to prepare. I'm like, no, that, that, that's the thing. That's why I'm bringing you on. Cause these rabbit holes are fucking amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. That's what's made this whole series. It's like almost literally none of it is about Andrew Yang. It's about you guys and how cool you are <laughs> and how cool the conversations and the ideas Man, are. Well, like I think that Andrew vibes on a lot of this stuff. I would love to like, you know, pick his brain about it. Cause I think that the couple moments that I've had like to really talk with him, you know, I, I spent the moments like asking about uh, him about certain stuff, like before the super pack started. I didn't, I didn't ask him about the super pack, but I was kind of like picking as a brain to kind of see if that was a direction that would interfere with anything without like letting him know, you know. And then um, I, uh, I was kind of trying to trying to figure out, you know, what 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 could help. And I was telling him about the convention and how I thought it would be a contested convention, things of that nature. But um, listening to him talk with other people. Okay, so one thing that really was apparent to me about Andrew is that when you listen to his conversations at universities before he ever ran for president... He, he did this moment where he uh, on this one lecture where he was like all right uh how many freshmen do we have okay how many sophomores okay juniors seniors and then like he was like okay so based on who we have here uh i'm gonna talk to everybody like you're a junior and then when he proceeds to go into his lecture it's like he's talking like 10 notches above the way he spoke on TV, you know, on for the presidential campaign. Like it was like, it was like, uh, the difference between sixth grade, you know, and, and, uh, and, and university, you know, like his talk for the general public is way dumbed down, way dumbed down. And then, when you consider some of the concepts that he floats and that he tries to put forward, <clears throat> uh, I, I am very confident he has wrestled with many of these ideas and has um, some beautiful insight <laughs> that he could probably offer because a lot of his solutions really go towards those types of things. Like when he was talking about having like a solar, like a something out in space, you know, collecting solar energy and stuff like that. It, it well what i've been kind of jumping into with you is jumping from letter a to maybe letter k or something like that but andrew has to present it to the public a b c yes. d and then but if we're only at like c 
he can only explain to him us the concepts of D, E, and F, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we can't, a lot of the general public can't talk about it like at K and beyond. They don't you know get what it. I mean? And this is, this is why he failed. It wasn't his failure. It was our failure collectively as a society. You know, because it really is like people were not ready for that level of shit because everything does need to be dumbed down. And this has been a a challenge for myself as a content creator, which is like, well, I want to get to the real content out there. I don't want to dumb it down at all, but I understand. I understand how fucking humans work. And this is the existential challenge of a fucking lifetime trying to like translate this into into the Jersey Shore fucking Furby speak that uh, most of the humans are doing that just makes no sense to anyone with a human You want to know how to upgrade their system. You're trying to upgrade their system, and it's just like, how do I upgrade your system? And I think for years I tried to use music as a way to, like, upgrade people's Stick systems. To Stick to it. You know? That, that right there. Uh, yeah, we are going to use the fuck out of that. That's a weapon. It's a weapon. Yeah, no, but, well, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But, like, I was using hip-hop and rap, and I think that, like, there's a certain level of uh, value to that. But there's also shores to how far that goes with people. Because, like, after a while, it, it takes people years to digest what, a song really means a lot of times, you know? And so the effect that you can have on people is more about energy and the energy that you share with them, um, which you can foster with the message. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways to express that. And I think that that's, it's, it's a, a beautiful thing to continue to do, but, uh, I, I had my run there and I think that a lot of people will, will, bob their heads and listen to the, the the melody and the the chorus and maybe get the message out of the chorus kind of you know but if you go too complicated in your verses then there's a lot to decipher and how many people take the time to examine you as an artist you know it takes a bit to be examined as an artist so so you sort of have to leave your art in the sphere and let it be found oh my god Uh, fucking ding that's fucking great bro um i i was gonna ask you do do you spit do you rhyme do you do you have your own uh, your own uh flows that you would want to get out there in (laughs) in an interesting way yeah, do you want me to pull up something or you want me to just say something? Oh man. Well, this this is a new domain for me because I've always appreciated hip hop for the lyricism, for the poetry, for the deep the deep shit, but I was never I could never get on board with the sound because I'm like mm-hmm. that it's it's too generic, it's too out of the box. It's too like prepackaged most of hip hop. You know what I mean? So I, I've, I've recently mm. taken on this challenge of actually producing hip hop for the first time. Um, and I'm taking okay. it very ancestral. I'm taking it into deep space um, in, in the way that I design it. But I'm my, my first project that I've, I've taken on is like the, like, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to do this shit for real is with my butter, yeah. my buddy Connor from uh the daily discussion podcast 
uh, super chill white guy, fly well, fly like a white guy. Uh, he's got some dope fucking flows, man. Uh, but he only has generic yeah. ass beats to do them over. So I'm like, let me make you something special that's like just for you. So th- yeah, that's this, this is a new domain for me. So like, if you are wanting to play excuses if you're going to want to play in that particular sandbox of like let's see what kind of flows we we could come up with like i am the exact person right now that you'd want to find because i am Uh, just now getting into this and i'm in love with it already because i'm doing something very 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 different than like traditional hip-hop the I'm I'm down to do music. I'm always down to do music. <clears throat> the the thing that I uh, I think where I was at in the Yang Gang, it was probably about two years out having not having a band. You know, like uh, I had a band for for a few years there, um, and then I, I I had my own album before that. Um, and it was really like a kind of electronic hip hop fusion. Um, I really was trying to hammer home the idea that, that for Washington, we didn't really have a sound, you know, it just sounded kind of like a reflection of other people's sounds. And, uh, I was trying to establish a sound for our area. So, uh, uh, a lot of my music kind of infused uh, a lot of the rave culture and the festival culture that I was uh, exposed to. Plus, it was uh, a lot easier to perform out there and to get gigs and stuff like that and get on with the DJ and like rap with them or something like that. So that was that was like years and years of my life. Um, where I've been at is like, you know, there's a certain dedication level you can put to everything when you put your heart into everything. And it's like, after a while, it kind of like, it's like, okay, I did this endeavor. What else is there in life? You know, because had that been like, oh, well, now you're going on tour and doing all these things, you know, I might have continued. But, you know, it got to a place of like, oh, I don't know if I have it in me to like, sit there and try to build an entire business out of this again. And, you know, get to the place that we got to where it wasn't uh, solvent. You know, it's not like my band was pulling in money that was, you know, <laughs> representative of, at all of the effort we put in yet. So it was still like a an investment, if you will. Um, and uh, for it to kind of be like, okay, well, the one dude's a chef and is going to go off and be a chef. The other guy's moving to Mexico. The other dude's got to do a bunch of work. And, you know, the other guy just feels like playing in another band. <laughs> um at that point, you know, you got to kind of go, okay, well, am I going to, do I have it in me right now to go out there and do that again? Well, at the age that I got to, I was like, nah, I need to focus a little bit more on work and stuff like that, you know? And so that's where I put my head for a long time. You know, the Yang Gang really was like, after a year or two of doing, um, uh, I was producing a, a live stream show for a marijuana company for like a year year and a half there um no more like a year and then like after that i uh kind of just w- focused on work for another for the next year or so and then the yang gang came along and i was like okay got into that more and more and more 
Um, but music is this thing that, that I really dig it, but it's for young people to kind of pursue that and see where they can go with their spirit on that one. And after a while you stop identifying with what a teenager is going through. Um, and I feel like for me as an artist, um, uh, I'm down to make music, but the pursuit of trying to get people's attention to listen to it is, uh, for myself at least, isn't something I'm focused on just because of how much goes into well, that yeah, bro. and how much of that is not uh, music now. It's like you can't wear all the hats at once, and that's that's what I'm realizing yeah. as a content creator and as, as, as somebody who's also a, a musician artist on the side. And I love that you bring up rave culture because in high school, I mean, I'm 33. I'm about to turn 34. And in high school, I was the like weird retarded butterfly that would float around between the goth kids and the raver kids and the jocks and everybody and the nerds and the theater kids. I'd kind of float around between all these different groups. So like the raver yep. shit, the candy shit that has a strong kind of resonance deep in my soul i bring that into my own with yeah i bring that color and that sparkle into my own uh that audio peace, work. That love yeah, that like, unity that respect oh, bro this is what it's about because it, like music is a language that is universal it transcends national barriers it transcends you know the linguistic bullshit that we always have to try to get around um, mm -hmm. but like in terms of putting, putting my feelings or in, or, or encompassing these themes into actual things, I'm not, I'm not good at putting that into words. I'm, I'm very good at putting that in music. It, this, this brings up the, like the cheddar cheese girl thing from South park where like they talk about the Elton John story where Elton John is like super great at piano, but he doesn't have anybody to write the words for him and his songs are just retarded bullshit where he's like, Oh, you're my cheddar cheese girl. You know what I mean? It's like, it requires that, uh, that fucking other person in the room who has the skills, who has the, that particular flavor of Lego movie magic, superhero powers to come in and radically yeah. transform the whole fucking thing. Um, but, uh, I have a couple flags, uh, the, the number one thing is like, you need a produce what you, the, the problem you're describing in trying to get it out there is like, you need a producer. And I'm like, well, I'm a producer. I will produce you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. let, well, let I mean, all my albums are originally produced albums and they're, they're good. They're, they're, I've gotten a good collective of producers. I can always tap the producers, but like distributing music and trying to get people to listen to you, you know, and also like locking down creative control for how you want to do oh, things man. that that's hard. It is so hard, especially trying to invite people into this thing that I'm doing called Mindwave because I'm like it has a clear goal, okay, but we want to we want to engage with everybody and we want to bring everybody into this, but I mean it it there's there's nuance to unpack there like for absolutely certain. Um and in music creation especially there's like a huge uh 
a huge thing there to where you need to make sure whatever you're putting out is like genuine to yourself. It's genuine to your soul. Like the real artists that are out there in the world that are working whatever with whatever tools that they have, like it's, yeah. <clears throat> we do the best with what we fucking can. And we only become more powerful by coming together uh, and sharing our toys. That's why I keep bringing it back to the, like this, like, this is Mr. Rogers neighborhood. This is the sandbox. You can play with my toys. Let's play with each other's toys. Let's see what we can build because this is fucking amazing. Oh, dude, I have a 360 camera and like, I want to, um, right now it's not helpful, but like if I could figure out a way to have a fun sanitary environment where like maybe a little group of friends, um, where, it's fun to be there then um broadcast in 360 and then have oh, it man. so like because i've done this before and it, it it really clicked with the people that it clicked with but the problem was is that some people just didn't get it and like when you use 360 like on your phone when it's live okay one lady she was just like uh, why is it pointed at the ground? And we were like, because you're probably on the toilet taking a shit and you're looking at your phone. Like, look up. And she was like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we didn't is, say that she was taking a shit. We just knew that that was it. <laughs> like, you're probably sitting up and like, <laughs> you know, right where you're leaning and like you're looking at your phone and your elbows leaning on your knee. And then you're like, <laughs> I'm going to get all numb. Oh my God. I, I had another flag and I it, legs get all numb from looking at memes on the toilet. Oh god, that's a great millennial meme. <laughs> Holy fuck. I, I, I gotta bring it back briefly because anytime I have conversations like this, there's a whole page of notes that fills up. And the whole ancient Rome Empire Republic thing, it's like, if people haven't studied history, they're like, Oh, that doesn't really, that doesn't really make sense to me. You know what would bitch Star Wars? That's literally the story of Star Wars. You fucking dumbass. That's literally the story of Star Wars taking a republic to a fucking empire with the best of intentions, and it turned out bad. Guys, I don't know if you've seen yeah. the movie, but it turned out fucking bad. And this whole light side, yeah. dark side, there are there are two different ways to approach every fucking thing. That ties yeah. into it. I need all of the power so that I can make things good. Yes, bitch. We, we <laughs> like Star Wars is real. We have real uh, light side forces and dark side forces that are coming at us. On this show, we call them the outrage machine and the joy machine because the outrage machine just wants to trigger you into grabbing a pitchfork and burning somebody at the stake. And the joy machine yeah. is like the Lego movie and it makes you just want to find a way to get $10 billion so that you can buy a gajillion plane tickets to fly around the world to give every single human on earth a hug. I mean, it's like it's it's two parts of the same thing that we're doing here. And you, yeah. you, dude, I already we have barely talked. This is the first time that we have ever had a one on one and we're only like an hour and a half into it. And I'm like, oh, oh my if we talk, God. Um, 
remind me of uh of the roman empire oh my god uh, oh. because uh, uh that's a good good place to kind of pick up again if that's you know oh yeah oh, <laughs> we're gonna pick up again. oh yeah oh yeah yeah because like, I, I haven't even told you about like the cascadia movement you know and like hip-hop is something you probably want to bring up because like um that's something i uh, you know i got really deep into there uh we we could go hours for that like because it wasn't just like a beautiful. it wasn't just like this like music for me it was like a lifestyle you know it was a it was my way of life <laughs> it, it hip-hop t- touches you deeper as as a listener hip-hop if you're if you're a careful listener hip-hop and rap in general touches you deeper as a listener if you're actually listening to the words that are being said and it's the poetry it's the poetry of it it's slamming the syllables of the word down like a nail into the fucking crucifix it really is just like hitting the the right syllables at the right time having that beautiful magical fucking poetry and so much of hip hop has just turned into this mumble rap well, well kids don't nonsense. think of it as poetry. You know, when when you when you first like, well, at least when I first, you know, got into it, um, there there's a certain measure of of uh, there's there's the popular stuff, yeah. but the thing that gets you is that somebody says something that that really like resonates with you, yep, and you go, yep, 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 oh man, yep, that yep, that. Yep, yep. That's just tight. That's just so true. That's so dope. You know what I mean? And, and that, that's what kind of like sticks with you, like sticks to your, your bone. Uh, uh, are you able to hear me? I I got the gist of that, but you, you crunched up a little bit and I hope it comes through in the final audio. It probably won't. Thanks Zencaster. Um, but, oh man. Sorry. I think I moved the, the plug is what it was. No, no, no! You're good. We're we are definitely good now. We're we're definitely good now. Uh, yeah. Let me look at my. All right, I'll, I'll kick you a rap. I'll kick you a rap just so you can hear. Um, I need to hear your flow, man. But understand, this is this is like something because Connor sent me his shit and he's like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Of you, great, absolutely." Like your flow, I feel it. But like the music is shit. Let me make you something well, better. I'm just gonna wrap something. I'm not. I'm not even gonna throw a beat down. I'll just wrap something. I I love it, bro. And I'll 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 send you I'll send you some little clips of like the thing that I'm flirting with here because I'm taking. No, no, I'll it. rap right now. Like I'll rap right now if you want me to. Oh well, I uh, fuck. I should lay down a beat, motherfucker. Like. No. I mean, if you want to, but it'll just be <laughs> laggy. So let me just let me just rap. I'll just I'll just give you a rap. I love right? it. I love it. Fucking go, go. All right. The course that life takes, you always shapes the soul. You could bring me right back, and I take control. But I wouldn't let go of the things I know and the people that I knew when the times were cold. Yo, the dice I rolled, I never ever fold. Back in 96, I was not that old, but I was down by law and I could still get down. I put it on the crown if you doubt my sound. Yo, they try to take the groove, but I will not stop. And the beat goes on because it's still hip hop. And the shadows at night, sun cast on earth life, a birthlight. Burning in the minds on first mics and sound waves. Resonating pound the ground. They've gone to the raves and the clubs and soundstage. Take a listen. Yo, I'll be be right here and let it fade to black as I drink my beer. <laughs> Mind wave alert. <laughs> we got a new one, guys. Holy fuck, bro. I can produce the sickest 
shit under that that you've ever heard that does not sound like hip hop. It sounds like you. That's that's my whole mission. It, if I'm gonna be a hip hop producer, which apparently I am, it's like it's about taking that the raw shit, the right to the bone shit, and saying let me build something around that. Not going within the confines, not going and playing the like, let's see what kind of stock loops I can get. It's really about taking that and amplifying the fuck out of it. That was fire. That was fire. That was fucking great. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, it's uh, like, I'm, I'm producing you. It's already a thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I have a whole production studio. It's called Studio Stargazer. Uh, it's about like, just like walking outside every once in a while with your headphones and looking up at the, up at the stars and realizing what you are, you know, and I try to bring that kind of depth into everything that I do as a producer. So bringing some like serious deep shit, like sci-fi level Hollywood cinematic movie level sci-fi sounds into like a really deep fucking fundamental like hard fucking hip-hop beat I could produce the fuck out of you man and I'm I I am I need to do it this is what I'm saying like this is not even like I just like I, I found you motherfucker in my Lego universe that I, in this weird ass shit I'm trying to build over here, I like went out into the wilderness and I found you and I'm saying no, no. If I have to rope you around the angles and bring you dragging and screaming into this shit, I will because you need to be here. Your voice needs to be amplified. And holy fuck, like that, that skill that you have with words. Do you do you realize how valuable of a skill that is as a human? Because almost nobody has that shit. And when I, as a music person, who's like all about melodies and harmonies and beats and shit, like I get that, but I don't get the word shit at all. Yeah, but people don't want to listen to thoughtful like 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 it was maybe it was before the time that they were ready to be down with stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or maybe I was just not made for that, you know, like there's a lot of like ways to utilize that gift. And I try, I try to, you know, but like, it's, it's funny how it kind of manifests like sales is a lot of times like flowing, um, or like rapping, like saying the same rap over and over again. Like, um, like when I talk to a customer and I try to talk them into like doing something for their own health, <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. I know I, I, I make money on them buying supplements, but like, I'd say a good majority of them, uh, when they walk away, they walk away with a lot more knowledge about like how their system works and why they should do something or why something fits into their life you know um so bro do you work at gnc no no like what i what i what i've done for years is um stop people at costco and talk them into buying supplements and um it would vary from like protein powders to like 
CoQ10 was our main one. And then we would sell like, um, like, uh, 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 turmeric, you know, we had this like multivitamin protein powder, but like what I realized along the way was, uh, liquid supplements are really hard for people to understand. So I would try to get them into a lifestyle, you know, like, because so many people are like, one of the tragic things that I, that I picked up doing this gig, you know, cause I mean, I took it to a pretty far extent. Uh, I was a, you know, an area manager for those guys and I would run all the training calls and I would teach everybody how to do it. Cause my method worked, you know, I'd get people to buy this stuff. Um, is a lot of times people are used to taking pills and they think that those pills are how they have to regiment their, their vitamins and their supplements. Cause their doctor gives them pills and all this kind of stuff. Right. But this is just a, expedient way for drug companies to get you what you need. Um, it's it by eliminating fluids. Um, it's just cheaper for companies to distribute dry weight than it is water weight. Um, so that's why you take pills and vitamins that don't dissolve and then just kind of pass through your system. So, you know, ad adopting liquids is a hard thing for people to do because they've been trained since the fifties to take these pills. But if you get them into drinking protein shakes and you start replacing one of your meals in the day with a protein shake, um, it's mind boggling how much you can change your life. <laughs> but that's just like a whole other sphere, you know, and, and it sort of plugs into like what I was talking about, about like, you know, your gut health and microbiome and like, you know, how you are just as an individual, like your, your rhythm changes if you're uh, adopting healthier habits, but that healthier habits, like taking action in your life and doing things like working out, that's really hard for people to get down, but it's not so much just the working out because a lot of those people are able to put in a hundred percent effort at things. It's the routine, you know? And I think that creating pathways that can help to create a better routine um, for your diet, lead to a better routine for your physical activity, you know, and that's necessary to like keep a good stasis, you know, um, for how you exist. Um, but Costco like showed me how many people are just, dude, they're just so stressed out and <laughs> people are just so driven by the things that they're doing that they're, that they're like pipeline has them on whatever thing, they need to survive or that they need to pay their bills or whatever. And that health, personal health takes a back seat because I can't tell you how many people have cholesterol problems. Uh, I would say 40% of all the people that I saw walking through Costco in the dietary area, uh, at a lot of them at least had, uh, had diabetes. Um, you know, the, the amount of people that take heart medications is through the roof. I would say it's like a third of our population over 40, you know, like, and just kind of watching how that all goes down. It, it, it told me that there's different ways to use that talent is all I'm getting at. You know, there's different uses in life. And they, sometimes they're not so like 
uh, glorious. Yeah, man. It's about playing to your strengths. It's about playing to your superpowers, like knowing your knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing where to push the buttons, knowing where uh, maybe you shouldn't push the buttons, even though you know you could. It really is kind of like, and this, this is centraling back to like one one thing that is preceding all of it. It really is. It's just like we see the world in well, the same you know, way. Yang would like, way, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I guess what, what I mean though is that like the same way Andrew Yang would like say a speech in one city and then it was almost the identical speech in another city but changed up a little bit to talk to them that's sort of what i would do during a sale and it would be like rapping kind of like a lot of times when you hear somebody freestyle like they're tying together um pre-rehearsed lines so like they'll drop a couple of like thoughts that are like relevant to that place so that way it's like they people are like oh wow they're talking about here and they're just rapping from the top of their head well they are but they're also like they've kind of gone through the english language and have set up a lot of different arrangements and a lot of different rhymes to where as they start crawling through different things they're kind of going back to things that they've said in the past and that they can easily reference. And so it's like, you can, you can have little like, uh, you know, uh, fours and eights where instead of a 16, you know, um, measure that is, um, and then, uh, you, you, uh, uh, beats, I mean, and then, um, uh, you can make it so that like you can grab them real quick little rhymes little like parts and put them all together like when you're freestyling and so it's similar kind of like that where during the sale like you're talking to somebody they're going to naturally ask the same shit that you've heard a million times but you have an answer for it you know what i'm saying but it's not like that answer changes with the next person um and it's kind of exhausting to try to think of how to say it differently every single time uh or it's like rewriting an essay all the time once you've got a really solid essay just memorize the essay and then kind of adapt it to that you know particular moment and take little phrases out of it and patch it in when you need to Absolutely, man. It's about candy crunching. It's about getting getting the good shit out there in a way that is digestible for most people because that is the big problem. It's like it's not that there's not enough information or there's not enough content. It's about making it digestible. And I I think you totally yeah. have a superpower in that domain that I want to fully exploit for my own game. <laughs> uh, no, but bro, like I, I only have two other flags here and we need to get through them because I'm running on fumes here. Um, 
the first is that like we need to get you a mic and actual headphones like and get you studio set up like that's that's a thing that's happening um but like wait you you have actually talked to andrew yang because like everybody else has i haven't yeah 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 I, i met him uh at one of those dinners or whatever, but like <clears throat> it was way early on. So like I, I was able to conquer the fee to get in there. It wasn't like one of those $500 dinners. It was like, I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks or something like that. Um, and then, uh, uh, stood in line, you know, and then what was fun is to see how patient he is with people. Like, and the majority of people definitely walked up to him and were like, Andrew, I got this idea. Okay. There's this app that I'm building. And if you guys just like, you know, invest into my app, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know how many conversations I heard start like that. And he was just very patient with them. Cause I could tell that by the time he got through the whole building, I mean, how many times was he pitched a stupid freaking app by like, you know, God knows how many people from the Yang gang. You know, some were, and and the problem with that is that some people were actually for real and some people were not, um, the most were not, but anyways, um, when I went up to him and I talked with him, he, he definitely took in what I had to say in a different kind of way. Cause, um, I sort of asked leading questions regarding the super PAC without talking to him directly about it. And, um, I was trying to get kind of a warm spot there and I could tell he sort of got where I was leading. So I, uh, asked him about something else. And, um, he, when I was talking to him about, uh, the convention and how we need to create alliances because the down ballot, um, the second choice for a lot of people is going to matter as they fall out if we can make this grow. And he wanted me to talk to Carly and to talk to, to Zach afterwards. He was like, but he looked at me very seriously and he was like, thank you for thinking about this. He was like, this is something that needs to be thought about. And he was like, uh, but we're working on getting certain things taken care of now, but I can only do so much. So I really appreciate that you're doing that, you know? And, it, it definitely felt like he heard me in a way that was um, very real, you know, like he wasn't just paying me lip service. Um, I, I, I don't want to smash on Zach too much, but when I went over there to talk to Zach, cause he was like, yeah, can you literally go tell Zach and Carly about what you just told me? And Zach's not easy to talk to, man. It's easier to talk to Andrew. He, he's not the same. That's that, that's a weird one, man. I've never talked to Zach. Uh, that's Roman for anybody who doesn't know his mm-hmm. uh, previous campaign manager. Uh, but it's uh, am, wait, am I coming in too low? I I I can't. Hear yeah, you got really quiet suddenly. Well, fuck me. Like I can see our waves, and my wave is like huge, and your wave is like yeah, yours is like chonky, mine is like ah. 
Uh, oh man. Okay, hold on. So we did get cut off, uh, and we ran into all kinds of fucking technical issues with this episode, so I apologize. It, it did get desynchronized again, and I had to put it back together. Um, I, I've been trying to work with Zencaster. Apparently, I was still using the, quote, old version, which desynchronizes, even though I opted into the new one, so I'm, I'm not really 100% sure what's going on there. Um, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, things will... Uh, improve in this domain at least a little bit because like all of the uh like i couldn't even download his files he had to download them himself on his end and send them to me because it was just a mess but uh thank you for listening um there's another one coming right behind it we have fake who coming on for humanity first 19 so stay tuned for that and um yeah you will hear from us right now <laughs> I'm, I'm uploading like five or six episodes today or something so yeah you're gonna get a nice big blast it's gonna be awesome uh again thanks for listening we'll talk to you now we'll talk to you now thank you for listening to this week's episode if you enjoyed it please take a minute to rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen you have a really good taste in podcasts clearly So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, Boonhem, Lena Miller, and Jereen Elkins. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at Mindwave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at Mindwave Josh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mindwave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer.